This is the Sports Ethos Wizards Podcast. My name is Corbin. I'm joined by the great Carthen, as y'all know. Before we start, gotta apologize for the delay. Your boy took a little bit of a trip, a couple trips, you know, seeing around, going out of town, uh, Christmas, New Year's, you know, trying to get out there. So I wasn't available. We didn't, you know, I was like, hey, Carthen kept pushing it back. And then next thing you know, it was like, dang, it's been almost a month. But that won't happen again. Let y'all know right now. Uh, we are here consistent, just like Washington. Okay, I'm kidding. Um, but, yes. <laughs> but, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, new year, new me. Uh, that's what I took Carthus starting in. Uh, got the same great analysis from him. And just want to give a brief apology to listeners of the show. Uh, won't happen again. Sorry that it got as far as it did begin with. But, uh, like I said, that's all me. With that being said, we are rolling now. We getting back with it. Wizards have had a stretch of games. We had a stretch of games. Not gonna lie, it's been been a good chunk of games, Karth. And we're we're gonna take it back to just before Christmas. But the Wizards have had a little bit of a winning streak going. They've given up a career high to one of the greats. They've had some interesting lineup mixes. Uh, they had a recovery for uh, from an injury for a player that we've been talking about for a couple of shows in the long right. Um, the Wizards have had an eventful month of December into January. And we're going to kind of like step back, look at some of the bigger points from this stretch of games, and then kind of look forward. But to do all that, you know, after this long belated intro, Carthen, man, been been Christmas, been New Year's. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing okay. Um, been watching some business basketball. They've been playing some really good basketball here lately. Um, they've been doing what I've been crying for since early on in the season. They started doing that here. Uh, right before Christmas started, and you're starting to be able to see the results of what I was talking about with the lineups. But we'll talk about that a little in a little while. Um, but before we get started, I want to give my uh, put my prayers out there for um, Demar Hamlin. As you all know, Demar Hamlin had a cardiac event that happened on the field of the Buffalo and Cincinnati game where he went to cardiac arrest and he's now in critical condition in ICU at um, University of Cincinnati Medical Center. So, you know, I'm a a retired fire lieutenant and I understand a lot about things that have have transpired and my thoughts and prayers are going out to him, his family, the Bills organization, Cincinnati organization and the Cincinnati fans. I want to give a big shout out to the Cincinnati fans because they've been a a class act uh, over this situation, very understanding and have been there for not only the Hamlin family, but also the Buffalo uh, organization and fan base. They've been there since day one. They were out there having prayers and, and doing candlelight vigils for him from the night it happened. So shout out to the city of Cincinnati the Cincinnati Bengals fans, Hootay Nation, shout out to all of them. Definitely, Carthen. Thank you for bringing that out. It was uh, definitely a tragic event um, that occurred. There's been a lot of discourse that we're not going to go all the way into here, you know, just across social media and and everything. The bigger part is, like you said, the recovery of that young man um, and, and as safely and as quickly as possible and to all those involved. Like you said, it's a lot going into that. You have the experience. And again, Carthen, thank you for the time that you put into that. And, you know, just prayers out to him. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's there's not really a way to transition 
from something like that to Wizards basketball, we are going to try here in terms of just giving you an update on where the Wizards have been before I turn over to Carthen for some of the larger points. But Wizards right now sit 17 and 22. That's 10th in the Eastern Conference. Um, they are now 19th in offensive rating at 112.7. They are 12th in defensive rating at 113.3. And they are 20th in net rating at 0.06. Um, as it stands right now, you know, they've had the recovery of some folks from injury, but we're looking at their leading uh, point score. It's still Bradley Beal over the 24 games he's played. Want to kind of extrapolate that out to uh, more of the players who played more 35, almost 40 as we're approaching the 40 game mark. You're looking at Christoph Porzingis at 22.2 points per game and Kyle Kuzma right behind him at 21.3. Uh, Chris Osprezingas leads the team in rebounding at 8.9 boards per game. Monty Morris leads the team with assists at 5.4, followed by Bradley Beal and, surprisingly, Kyle Kuzma, who dipped recently. He was averaging over 4.5 assists per game. Now he's just under 4 at 3.8. But those are the relevant numbers for the Wizards as it stands right now as we approach the 40-game mark of the NBA season. But looking at the Wizards in general, uh, like we said, they've had a stretch of games since uh, December 23rd uh, against the Wizards, and they were on a, on a good winning streak. They had won five in a row, uh, like you brought out, Carthen, before losing uh, two nights ago, 123 to 113 to the Milwaukee Bucks behind a career-high 55 points from Giannis. And listen, we're just going to drop a double nickel like that. You know, kind of got to live with that, you know. But, Carthen, you've been watching these games – you know, you, you are the, the man on, on the action as far as the Wizards expert here. What have you liked kind of so far? We'll do a good, bad, ugly with this six-game stretch. What's been the good that you've seen from this Washington Wizards team? The good that I've seen from this Washington Wizards team is they are finally playing to their roster, not playing, not trying to match up to what other people are doing. Uh, one thing that I've been saying all year is the Wizards are one of the tallest teams in the league. They are very, very tall. And throughout the entire year, they have not been playing like they are one of the tallest teams in the league until here, starting on December 23rd. Uh, well, let, let's let's uh, go back from that. Starting on December the um I think it was the 21st is the game where they actually had um, they played uh, give me one second because I am uh, drawing a blank on who they played before then. Oh, but, before the Kings? Yes. Um, they then. had played the Jazz. Okay, uh, the, so. The Jazz and the Suns uh, were the two games before Sacramento came to town. Or before okay. they went over to Sacramento rather. Okay, so when they played the Jazz during that stre- during that stretch of games, they had um put they had put in the lineup of um Christos Porzingis and Kyle and um Daniel Gafford together. And during that game, they were they were able to take that team and they had a really high plus rating with those two on the court. Um after that game in, on the 23rd, that's when they started those two together. And 
from the time that those two had played together all season long up to the end of the 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 um Kings game, they were something like plus fifty when the tandem was on the court together. Oh wow. So when the tandem was on the court together and they were plus fifty, they started to start those two together in the beginning of the games. So we would go and have a starting lineup. And this is where I talked about being big. We would starting with the, um, with the Sacramento Kings game, our starting lineup for that game was Monte Morris, six, three, Bradley Bill, six, three. They are, they are starting backcourt, but Bradley Bill is six, four. Yeah. But still, kind uh, of but then small forward Kyle Kuzma, 6'10". Power forward, KP, 7'3". Daniel Gafford, center, 6'11". Oh, okay, so it got big up top. So then when they take one of the guards out, our backups for that game, Rui Hachimura, 6'9". Corey Kispert, 6'7". DeLon Wright, 6'5". Taj Gibson, 6'9". So we had the two small guards that we start, but other than that, the next shortest person was DeLon Wright at 6'5". They played in the game. There were times where we would go and we would be in the game and we would have DeLon Wright at point guard at 6'5". Corey Kispert at shooting guard at 6'7". Kyle Kuzma at 6'10". KP at 7'3". Daniel Gafford at 6'11". So during this stretch also, they have been killing people in the paint. I um I think the game where we played against um Orlando they had 75 points in the uh, 76 points in the paint and it's been probably on average about 60 something points per game in the paint since they've uh during that five game winning streak because they have been realizing that they're bigger than everybody else sometimes a normal starting lineup, we might have three guys on the floor that is taller than the other team's center in their normal traditional starting lineup. Because mm-hmm. their center might be 6'9". And we got three guys, our small four, power four center are all over 6'9". And we could easily, there are times where we went into, we went into the game where we had lineups of Kyle Kuzma essentially running the point forward. Uh, we had uh, Rui Hachimura. We would have Denny Avdia, Daniel Gafford, and Christoph Porzingis. Mm. We've we've run that lineup several times uh, throughout this stretch. And with a lineup like that, the shortest person on the floor is Rui Hachimura at six eight. Yeah, that's 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 not that's giving that's putting up a lot of size up there. If he's the shortest guy, you know, in a small ball unit, it's not like. Let's say to quote my to use my favorite team, LeBron James playing center when all of your when all of his other personnel is like six three and under. You know what I mean? Like it's right. different when you bring more size to bear around that. Like yeah, he's your biggest guy, but all your other guys are like sized. Right, and I mean heck, y'all put a lineup in where y'all had uh, everybody six five and under. Okay, see you don't got to disrespect us like that, Carson. That's not what we're here. To I'm not right disrespect. Now. I'm speaking <laughs> facts. I'm, I'm messing with you. You are, but I'll need. I'll need. I know. <laughs> I know we get the Lily puts out there, and you got to bring that up. No, meanwhile, y'all wizards are jumbo size, super size me over there. Right, but you know, it. I, I mentioned all of that 
to say when I say a part of the good is the one thing that you know about the NBA, if you ever look into the history of it, it goes in peaks and valleys. Before the 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 great warriors years, where they ended up doing a lot of the small ball stuff, the league was pretty big. They had a lot of big men, they had a lot of traditional centers, they had a lot of traditional power forwards where they played on the block. Though that was where they played at. They they went down in the block, the center played down low, the power forward. Sometimes they can play out. Sometimes they were another big man down there. The Warriors came in and they changed everything up when they started playing those fast small ball lineups. Then the league kind of shifted to what the war trying to do what the Warriors were doing. And it works to a degree. But one thing that I do notice is sometimes you have to buck the trends and buck the norms in order to be very successful. And the one thing about the Wizards right now is the Wizards lineup itself bucks the norm, today's norm. Mm -hmm. And until they get to a point where they are comfortable within themselves to play what the norm is not, then they will continue to have the peaks and valleys that they're having in their season. Because some games they'll sit up there and they'll they'll downright beat you beat you to death in the paint and then turn around and now all of a sudden you want to try to be the Warriors and shoot a thousand threes. And it's like you're winning by going in the paint, stay in the paint. Don't try to be something that you're not. Go ahead and do what you do best. Do what your what your team does best. And Kyle Kuzma put it best when they played the Sacramento Kings. He said, "We're playing ball. We're playing good ball right now because we're playing to our strengths. We're not playing to everybody else's strengths. We're not trying to match up to them. We're trying to make them match up to us." Yeah, and yeah, you're forcing the issue. Right. You can't sit up there. You can't sit up there and continue to play guys that are six five, six six, six nine against a team that could possibly put four out of five people taller than your center on the floor. Wow. It, it, and then on top of that, most of them are athletic. Mm-hmm. Most of them can, can switch and play guards and, and small and small and power forwards. They have a very versatile team in that aspect. Yeah. When they actually play big, they actually play they they actually make other teams play have to play a lot different because our length is our strength. I'm quoting that. Our length is our strength. Yep. That's what she said. Ooh! <laughs> you know what? I know it's you. All right, listen. <laughs> but no, I like what you're saying from a roster construction standpoint. And the fact that they're all healthy. You know, we saw, you know, when DeLon Wright was out, you know, obviously, Brandon Beal's been dealing with some injuries. Rui Hachimura was out for a stretch. Even Denny had some moments, you know, that you had to go to smaller players. You know, Jordan Goodwin played well, got some minutes, but smaller guy in the backcourt. You know, other guys kind of coming up 
um, that didn't quite fit the overall philosophy of the Wizards. But now you're right with these guys being healthy, playing their natural position, and showing some versatility, at least more in that forward, power forward slot. They have forced teams to kind of match up in a way that you're right. They don't. So many teams are going small ball, trying to downsize, and the Wizards right now are saying, nah, we're going to bring the same type of traits. Corey's a shooter. Rui Hachimura is a fire mid-range shooter. You know, Chris Stops can bomb it from deep. So we're going to bring that shooting. We're also going to do it four, five, six inches taller than your player. So now right. it comes to being a difference in the glass. Now it comes to being a turn around the rim. Like, yeah, you definitely have your speed as an advantage, but we have the sheer size. And that comes to play. And that was a big factor, I think, to agree with you, Carthen, on this Wizards' most recent win streak. Yeah. And I say um, putting KP at the four, everybody talks about, oh, you want to have that stretch that, that stretch guy at the four. You want to be able to space the floor with, with – if you're going to have a big man in the in – the, uh, in the lineup, you need to have four guys that are out, that can space the floor, so it's not uh, cramping in in the paint. Well, KP can space the floor floor at a four, but he's seven foot three. So you can put a guy that's seven three at the four position and can space the floor the way KP can. It makes it makes things a whole lot more challenging for every team because now you got to figure out okay. Am I going to put two big men in the game and and which they may not have a big man that can space the floor like KP? So now you're putting two traditional big men in there because you just need to have some some size out there to be able to compete with the length and size of, of the Washington Wizards. You got to do something. You you can't just keep going out there with all these small guys thinking that you're going to be able to make a difference, especially on the boards. Uh, defensively when it comes to blocking shots and different things like that, you still have to go out there and figure out what you're going to do with that. But in turn, as big as, as tall as the wizards are, they got to play more physical. They got to play like, like they big men get in there, play dominant, play strong. And, Sometimes they, even with their size, they don't go and do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that um, I can say that I see with the Wizards is uh, that, yes, they are a very tall team, but they got to play a little more uh, physical down in the block and use their size and their strength to their advantage, do a better job of boxing out, do a better job of getting defensive rebounds and stopping the offensive rebounds from happening, different things like that. There are too, far too many times where little guys are getting rebounds where big guys should have gotten them. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a lot better job of it right now than they did in the beginning of the year. But they still got a, a, a good little ways to go to get completely better at that. They got to stop trying to uh, – fan out and try to get in a transition and stop them from their offensive possession and then go into your offensive possession. You got to be able to get the boards. You got to be able to um, not create the second shots for the other team. And you can't do that if you got four guys going down court, one guy trying to grab a rebound, they get an offensive board, and now everybody's trying to run back and get in the defense. Yeah. And 
and then try to stop them again. It, it just you got to end the possession. You can't go on offense until you get the ball. That's true. I guess that actually lines up well for a, a bad, if you will, from what you've seen from them so far. It's not really something that's like for for the size they're bringing on the floor, and and that's the thing. I mean, would you? I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it back to you, Carthen. Who would you consider to be a quote unquote aside from Taj Gibson, a physical player, someone who loves and embraces the dirty work on this Wizards team? Jordan Goodwin. Oh, and one of your big guys. Uh huh. No, I see to, what you're to, saying. To be honest with you, I really would like to see Vernon Curry get some get some uh some go. This guy's been putting up crazy numbers in the G League. At, at the um, the G League showcase, I think one game he he had uh 34, 14, and uh like three or four assists and like six blocks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are we not playing this kid? It was like he played really well at Duke when he was there, but it's like, okay, yeah, we got some of these other guys, but. The Wizards need a third big in order to be able to stay in the types of lineups that they are playing. They need a third big. So it's either give Vernon Curry a, a, a go or they're going to have to trade for another big man to be able to stay in the, the bigger lineups that they're in where they can keep Daniel Gafford and Christoph Porzingis on the floor at the same time at, more often because they start the game together, but then they take one of them out and rest them. And then we go back to the, the the smaller lineups because we don't have the big men to continue to move them in and out. I see what you're saying. So I really would like to see him because Vernon Curry, he's not the tallest, but if I'm not mistaken, Vernon Curry is 6'9", 270. He's a big boy. (laughs) He's a big boy. He got some size on him. I watched the other day we were playing against uh, the first game when we were playing against Milwaukee. Brooke Lopez was was pushing Kristaps Porzingis around like he was a rag doll, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I I get it. Brooke Lopez is like two eighty, two ninety. Kristaps is like two twenty, two thirty. So I get it, but I'm like, you got a dude on your on your bench that you gave some minutes to at the end of that game who's who got in the game and just automatically start scoring points, blocking shots and doing everything else. Give him a chance. Give him some go. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I just I mean I, I agree. I think that if you're gonna have what were you saying? Yeah, I was gonna say to 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 finish making my point real quick with the Vernon Carey. Oh, it's your the, show, bro. Take your time. <laughs> the, the the first game uh, when they played against Milwaukee, Vernon Carey played three minutes fifty one seconds. Mm-hmm. He took one field goal, made it. He had one offensive rebound. He had one steal, one block, and that was in three minutes and fifty one seconds That's of a game. Good production. I'm like, okay. You got a guy doing that. Give him a chance. Give him, you did it with Jordan Goodwin. Granted, you kind of had to a little bit, but you can't develop these kids and let them 
sit there on the bench and not give him a chance to get out there and actually get some time. It's true. I mean, here's the thing, but okay. Maybe this goes to a larger discussion for another day. And we've teased this for a bit. A roster construction thing. A roster construction conversation. Well, my question is, you have these younger guys, yes, but you have these vets, right? You have a guy right. in Kyle Kuzma. We got to figure out if you can get an extension with him, or if not, try to figure out whether trading is the option. We'll talk about that, you know, in a future show here, because we got to talk about Wizards and, and trade ideas or destinations or whatever the case may be so it's like you're balancing you're not balancing two timelines this isn't the golden state warriors here but on the one hand how much can you prioritize some of the young guys on your team when you have vets right now who are in a position that you have to make real decisions regarding their future moving forward yeah that's a that, that's definitely a a, a thing because yeah. like you said um we got quite a few guys right now that's on our team that are um, free agents at the end of the year. Exactly. And we got to figure out what we're going to do. And we're not talking about just like people like the uh, Anthony Gills and, and Taj Gibson's of the world. No, we got Kristoff who is uh, eligible to opt out of his deal. Kyle Kuzma eligible to opt out of his deal. Kyle Kuzma's already said he's going to do it, so I'm not going to even say he's eligible. Yeah. Kyle Kuzma's opting it, out of his deal. It's written in stone. He's leaving, yep. Right. So it's, not, it's no guarantee whether he's going to leave or, or not, but Kyle Kuzma is going to opt out of his deal. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a guarantee. So we know Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma is going to be a free agent. You got Rui Hachimura is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. You have Will Barton is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. We have some really big people in our lineup that are going to be free agents at the end of the year. We need to figure out what they're going to do because stops has an option, right? He he's no one knows whether he's going to opt in or opt out. Mm-hmm. There are rumors out right there now, that he's, he's going right. to opt out and take yep. a he wants he's already come out and flat out said I want to stay in Washington. Mm-hmm. So with him saying that that that's a a a, a big thing because we normally have a little bit of trouble of keeping our own free agents in uh in house and the 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 rumor out there is that he's going to opt out but he's going to sign for a longer deal with let with a less uh aav uh because right now he's on a he's on a 36 million dollar deal yeah he gets 36 million dollars a year less annually so longer term Correct. So they're saying that he's probably going to sign a three or four year deal in the range of 30 mil a year. Mm. So if he does do that, then that helps out tremendously because that gives the Wizards six million dollars for that moves the Wizards six million dollars further away from the luxury tax, which keeps them uh, in the ability to sign a free agent with the non-taxpayers uh mid-level exception instead of being in the taxpayers mm-hmm. and we all know that um ted leonsis likes to stay under the the luxury tax because i don't know if you wizards fans know but with the luck with the teams that are in the luxury tax when they pay their luxury tax that money gets divvied out to all of the teams that are that um are not in the tax so they split it up evenly amongst the teams that are not in the tax. So because of that, Ted Leonsis, unless he has a championship contending team, loves to stay under 
the luxury tax. He doesn't mind going over the salary cap, but he wants to stay under the luxury tax. That's why he didn't have a problem with them giving uh, DeLon Wright the the deal that they gave him, which hard capped the Wizards. Because when the when the Wizards became hard capped, that puts them right at the that they can't go over the luxury tax. They have to stay at the they have to stay under the luxury tax. So being hard capped sometimes is a benefit for a team that does not want to go over the, the luxury tax because then they can't due to the rules with the hard cap. So yeah. um it helps the Wizards at that point. Um you got Will Barton at thirteen million. They're not going to resign Will Barton at thirteen yeah. million if the if they resign Will Barton. I mean, I think, do, you, do you think they should? I mean, I, I don't. I'm, he's absolutely been there. not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Because Will Barton hasn't been playing at the level that Will Barton has played when he was with Denver. Mm-hmm. There's the reason why he's out of the um, he's out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't been playing good at all this year. Mm-hmm. So resigning him, in my opinion, would be a monumental mistake, no pun intended. Yeah, he's gonna be thirty coming up this next year anyway. If he's not thirty I think already, thirty three. Whoa, Will Barton's thirty three. When did I he's, miss that? I think he's thirty two this year. He'll be thirty three uh, next. Oh, he's thirty one. Thirty one. Okay. Uh, he'll he'll t- yeah. He just turned thirty one. No, no, he turns thirty two in two days from now. Okay. Jeez, I missed him turning. Th- wow, look at Will. Will the thrill's been in the league for a minute. He's not really a thrill no more, but you know, just Will. Right, <laughs> but, Will, Will, he he's playing like William. <laughs> <laughs> no, forget that he's playing like Bill, Bill Barton. <laughs> I'm done. All right, but listen, we we let's let's <laughs> Bill Barton. I'm done. That's what I'm gonna start saying too. What would you What would you say has been an ugly? And mind you, it's kind of hard to say ugly when you've had. It's kind of hard to say ugly when you've won five in a row before losing this boss game. But if you had to pick an ugly category for this Wizards team, you talked about, hey, with all this size, why are we not using it, you know, in terms of rebound? That's the bad. Has there been any ugly? It's possible that yes. there isn't any ugly. Okay. Yes, there's... most definitely. Let, let, let's get it, bro. It's It's been the ugly of the year. <laughs> they can't shoot threes. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, that's just a factual statement. They're not a three-point shooting team. And me personally, I wish they would stop shooting as many as they do. Yeah, I know you have to shoot some to keep the other teams honest and things like that. I get it. But they still shoot too many. You look at the game that they had. What game do I have up right now? Uh, the game that they beat the Bucks. So the game two games ago, the first Bucks game. Washington Wizards for that game was seven of twenty-seven. That is twenty. That is tw- uh, twenty, almost twenty-six percent for three-point shooting. That's indicative of a lot of their games. Do they have games where they shoot better? Yes, they do. But for the most part, they have been shoot. They have not been shooting very well at the three-point range. So that's where the ugly would be um, for me. But for the most part, they've been playing pretty good. I would also say uh, ugly for me is they're not playing Johnny Davis. Mm. Now, he's been lining up in the G League, but he he wasn't playing well in his minutes in the NBA. Why is that an ugly for you? It's an ugly because... 
of just what you just said. When he's playing down to lesser competition, mm-hmm. he can score in bunches and he can play at a very high level. What I see from Johnny Davis as a from the eye test mm-hmm. when he plays in the NBA, Johnny Davis plays with no confidence. The confidence he had in Wisconsin, the confidence he has at the go with the go-go, he does not play with that same confidence in the NBA because I feel like what it is with him is he understands that it's Brad's team. He understands KP is the number two. He understands Kyle's the number three. He does not want to step on any of the big people's toes. So he defers to them far more than he should and he does not play to his potential and he doesn't play to he doesn't play to his game so when you watch him play when he does play in the nba they make him go to the corner he's in he's in one of the two corners waiting for the ball to come to him that's not Johnny Davis's game. Johnny Davis is a mid-range assassin. He's been a mid-range assassin since he his entire college career. Yeah, that's what he's known for. His bread and butter is right there. Let the guy 16, 18 feet. Get the ball in there where he's where he's known to score and tell him if the shot is there, you better take it. I want you to play aggressive. I want you to play like you did in Wisconsin. The Play the way that play how you played that made us want to draft you tenth overall. Okay. Not not this scared little boy <laughs> that's that's on the court. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not calling him a little boy. As in, no, I know what you mean. It was the way you said it. I thought it was fired. It was passionate. But, no, but he's playing timidly. Right. He's he's playing scared. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't be in the NBA and play scared. Not for long. You can't. You're not going to for long, mm-hmm. and yeah, I've had I, I've talked to other people, and you know they they bring up the comparisons of C.J. McCullough, and it's a decent comparison. C.J. didn't play well or his very first his first two years in the league, his third year he blew up, but again when C.J. blew up, it was also during a time where C.J. had to blow up. And he got his confidence. And once he got his confidence, then him and Dane was able to do the things that he did, that they did. Mm-hmm. Because CJ had the opportunity to get his to get his confidence up. Right now, they'll play Jordan Goodwin over him. And don't get me wrong, I think Jordan's been playing great. And Jordan deserves the minutes that he gets. But if you draft a guy 10th overall and he's not playing with the G League, and you can find three, four minutes a game for him to let him get in the game and get comfortable being in the, in an NBA game. Then you wasted a 10th overall pick because you didn't draft a guy who you didn't draft a guy with the heart of a Mathern, uh, Matherin, uh or a guy with the heart of a John Wall or, you know, one of these guys that is going to come in the game, a Ben Caro. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they came into the game with that fire and passion that I'm going to be the best, and they go out there and they try to show it every night. That's yeah. not Johnny Davis. But you give him the opportunity to actually get in the game and feel 
get get some confidence in his abilities at the NBA level, then you might end up we might end up having something. I, I tell everybody when I talk when I talk to people about him, I say Johnny Davis was not the Big Ten Player of the Year for no reason. He there were that. some there were some guys that got drafted before him that was in the same Big Ten he was in. One of them being the fourth overall pick in the dra- uh, fifth overall pick in the draft that he dropped thirty seven on in college, mm-hmm. and it, that's very hard to do with the fact that you cannot that you can camp in the paint all day long in college, and he still got thirty seven dropped on him by Johnny Davis. So we know Johnny Davis can put the ball in the basket. It's all about him being a. Uh, confident in himself to actually put the ball in the basket and not shoot very timid because you watch him shoot. He looked like he's scared when he's shooting the ball. And I'm like, you just can't be scared. Mm-hmm. That, that That's, that's a no go. Mm-hmm. You, if, if you're going to play like you scared, then yeah, you deserve to sit on the bench and never, and, and never get in the game. But that's also a coaching thing. You, yeah. you, you gotta be, uh, as the head coach, you got to instill confidence in your player. You know, you tell them, oh, we draft you 10th overall, but then you treat him like he was an undrafted rookie. And then you you got an undrafted rookie that's out there that's getting, that's playing. Well, he's not a rookie anymore. He's a one-year vet, but mm-hmm. he, he gets more, he, he gets more playing time than your 10th overall rookie. There's plenty of games that they've had where even during the losing streak, that's really where he should have been playing at. He should have been getting a lot of time during those games where they were only having eight, nine, ten guys. He should have been playing. Mm-hmm. He should not have been at the G, down in the G League. I, I don't care if he ain't doing well at all or not while he up there playing. If you invest the tenth overall pick in him. You got to, yeah. You, you got to put him out there. Election. You got to put him out there, and uh, that so that's really on West then. It is on West, and, and I don't have a problem with saying that it, it's on. <laughs> it, it's it's a a thing where I understand both sides of the of the coin because I used to coach high school baseball, where you're paid to win the games. I get that, mm-hmm. but you're also paid to develop your players. And with that in mind, you have to it's it's kind of like the old baseball cliche. Baseball has minor leagues. They have plenty of levels in the minors. You got to work your way up through the minors to make it to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. However, those players that are that do well in AAA but not so well in the majors, you got to decide: am I is am I going to keep him down there in AAA for the rest of his career, or am I going to give him the opportunity to come up here and actually play? Yeah, I mean, that's just I mean, my thought. That's the long and short of it. Like, it, it, he's not a number; it's not a bust. I mean, and mind you, you couldn't even label a player like that a bust with less than what twenty games under his belt, really. Like, you got to give him the run to make the mistakes and go. And, yes, I've not been – I was huge on Johnny Davis, you know, during the draft cycle. Huge I was, on. too. 
I, 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 I will be the first one to tell you that I was screaming for Johnny Davis. They, yes. It's, it, it, when the draft fell the way that it fell, there were two guys during the draft process I wanted the Wizards to draft. My number one person was Matherin. If he failed a nine, I was like, we got to take him. The second person was Johnny Davis. And that was because Johnny Davis played defense. He was a very good defender in college that could act, that could also score. And defense was one of our biggest weaknesses. The previous year was we couldn't stop in the words of Bradley bill. We couldn't guard a parked car. <laughs> so we we could we could score with the best of them, but we that's couldn't guard a parked car. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it was facts. Like, you, had a, you had a fun offensive team last year. I can't even. There's no front on that. Like, yeah. I mean, the pieces were fun. It didn't work out, like you said, a lot of dissension, the team, and all that. But y'all had a fun offensive team. We y'all did. Started ten and four, right? Yeah, we started ten and four. So, uh, no, we started ten and we started ten and three. That was when ten and three. Yeah, yeah, you had a fun, you had a fun offensive team. But you know, I look at it as they got to get him some time. They got to figure out a way to play him. Putting him in the G League his entire rookie season is a disservice to him, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying play him 25 minutes a game because then that would be a disservice to the actual team itself. Because we're not in a rebuilding year, but they still need to play him. As an, they they need to give him more time at the NBA level. Yeah, just, yeah, it's true. Not the playing him the amount or not playing him rather the amount you are. That's it's just not going to get it done. Yeah, and it's not going to get it done. Also, before we. Uh, how about saying we got to Yeah, we got to We we and listen. It's been a minute, but uh, Carthen, you giving them quite a show to make up for lost time. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm yeah. I'm trying to do my best to make sure that we give them what we give the fans what they want. What they want, you say, give them what they need. Anyway, that's right. <laughs> but before we go, I got to give a shout out to Kyle Kuzma. He had his second career triple double the other night. He was. Uh, they were playing against the. Milwaukee Bucks, and I'll give you his 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 stat line for that game. It it wasn't it wasn't the prettiest of games, offensively, but he did what he needed to do. So in the first game against the Bucks, Kyle Kuzma went um, five for sixteen, and he had ten points. He had thirteen rebounds, eleven assists. It was one of his more efficient games, in my opinion, uh, for Kyle Kuzma. And for him to know that he wasn't scoring at the rate that he likes to and finding other ways to get his teammates involved, it was a good it was definitely a big game for him to to go and do that. But that was also one of those games where they scored like crazy in the paint. A lot of his assists came on uh, people cutting to the basket. So shout out to him. Shout out for his second career triple-double. Absolutely. 
Washington Wizards seem to be a team where people come to get triple doubles. Yeah. You look you look at Russell Westbrook. That, I mean Russell Westbrook. Season. I mean, yeah. Well, he averaged a, a triple double. Yeah, dude was a, re, a dude that had three two seasons before that. But no, I get what you're saying. Listen, we're, we're not gonna the, the greatest of Russell Westbrook, by the way, as a recording, the Lakers just won again. Um Russell Westbrook being a big reason why. Like, like that guy, I mean, come on. Like, I'm just saying, he's that's Russell Westbrook, triple double machine. Anyway, that's well, Russell Westbrook propaganda. Well, I'm gonna tell you this about your team. Y'all will win a whole lot more games if y'all let Russell Westbrook play the way Russell Westbrook play. Love he him. doesn't. He is still a triple double machine. If you let him be a triple double machine, I mean, yes, but also the, he brings the, a lot more inefficient shooting. Doesn't get to rim like he used to. His jump shots eroded. Like I gotta, I gotta take them both. You know what I mean? Exactly. You gotta take them both, but you gotta look at it this way. He was the same when he was here. But you all are a much better team than the Wizards were when he was here. And he took that team to a 17 and 6 record to close out the season mm. when he had a team like ours. So just imagine what he could do with a team like yours if you ran it through him. Everybody's gonna eat because that's just him. Everybody he loves to he loves to get assists. He loves to dime. He loves to to dish the ball and make sure that everybody else gets theirs. So he's going. Everybody's going to eat. LeBron's going to get his numbers. AD's going to get his numbers. I honestly, personally, think AD would score that much more mm-hmm. if they ran it through Westbrook. Because you got to think, Westbrook made Daniel Gafford who Daniel Gafford is. Everybody ain't nobody know about Go Go Gafford until. Russell Westbrook started playing with him. Where he started throwing oops to him yeah. all day long. Mm-hmm. He would drive to the basket, the ball go up in the air, and Daniel Gafford's arm would extend 35 feet in the air and pull the ball down and, and dunk on somebody. He he made that man that $44 million. Yeah. So yeah. if y'all played yeah. through him, I think y'all, y- y'all could jump the standings pretty quickly, but LeBron would have to be okay with uh, – Letting somebody else run the show. No, I, I I will give you that. I mean, I don't I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say that. I can't go quite on limb that way in terms of giving it all to Russ. But at the same time, he does a good job of making these like just simple read bigs eat. You know, he's doing it now. I mean, mind, mind, let me just be real. As a Laker watching Thomas Bryant, Thomas Bryant's been playing just amazing regardless, but Thomas Bryant flourishes when Russell Westbrook's in the game. Wenyan Gabriel flourishes with Russell Westbrook in the game. Damian Jones, I'm sure, if he got run, would flourish with Russell Westbrook in the game. So a lot of it comes into, like you said, his ability to, you know, play in transition and make these bigs eat and thrive off of them, especially if you have a little pick and pop jump shot even better. So I agree with you. In fact, that's why I still think Russell Westbrook to Washington for Kyle Kuzma is a trade that should happen, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> Maybe a trade I'm, episode. I'm going to tell you this much. Mm-hmm. It'll never happen because Russell Westbrook make too much money. But if Russell Westbrook didn't make so much money, I'll be honest with you, I'd take him back in a heartbeat. Really? In a heartbeat. <laughs> okay, Carthen. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, the one thing about Bradley Bill that I know as a lifelong Wizards fan and been watching Bradley his entire career, mm-hmm. 
Bradley Bill has thrived when he had a dominant point guard running the backcourt with him. Bradley Bill's best scoring season was with Russell Westbrook. His most efficient scoring season was with Russell Westbrook, where he didn't. Russell Westbrook made shots for Bradley Bill so much easier because Russell Westbrook, as even with at the age he is and the diminishing skills that he has compared to what he had when he was younger, is still a threat to get to the basket at any moment. They still have to double-team him in the post because there's no guard in the, in the league, really, that can stop him in the post. There are things that he does that make other people have to do certain things where Bradley Bill can shoot at his best, which is spotting up. Bradley Bill's one of the best spot-up shooters in the game. And when Russell Westbrook was doing what he was doing and forcing people to commit to him and dishing it back to Bradley – and giving Bradley that extra little bit of space, Bradley Bill was knocking shots down like crazy. That's why he averaged over 30 points a game that season. Yeah, It's because Russell Westbrook made things a lot easier for him. And I think if you put a team around Russell Westbrook like we have with the shooters that we have in KP and Russell Westbrook, I mean KP and Brad. Yeah. You're right. He uh, hasn't had quite that floor spacing over his career. Correct. And then, and then the other thing you think about it is Russell Westbrook made Denny Avdia who Denny Avdia is. Mm. Russell Westbrook would tell Denny after practice, "You're going to guard me mm-hmm. after practice." And Denny has said as much. Right. He said when they played the Lakers the last time, uh, and what was the time in Washington? He told Denny, you bet not play soft while I'm on this court with you. You better give everything you got while I'm on this court with you, even though I'm playing against you. Wow. And it's leadership like that that some teams need. It's more than just the X's and O's and the, the stats. It's the leadership that people possess. And to be truthfully and honest with you, that's what the Wizards are missing. They're missing that type of leader. Mm. I think that if they had that type of leader, they could definitely flourish. But we would never be able to make that deal happen without having to give up half our team. Because Kyle Kuzma not only makes $13 million. Will Barton, if we added him in the deal, would make $13 million. That's only 26 And we would have to add people like Gafford, Monte Morris, we'd have to put a big, huge package. I mean, Monte together. Morris would probably work because you wouldn't you wouldn't be needed as much if you have, right? If you have, right. Um, I mean, you could add him into it, but again, we got to get. We have to get up to. I think it's like thirty six million dollars in order to make that trade work. Even with the and yeah, we got the eight million dollar trade exception from uh, Montrez Hurd last year, but. At that point, you still got to be able to get up to thirty-two million. That's a lot of money that you got to figure out how you're gonna get and where you're gonna get it from. But you got to get rid of key pieces in order to do it. Yeah. So, I, 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 I don't see y'all re-signing him next year, and I hope that 
he sees Washington as a as a destination for himself after the the debacles that have happened with him and the Lakers over his Laker time, how they treated him and all that stuff, and him wanting to come back here and and do something big because he was able to do big things while he was here. True. And he'll have a much better squad. His, his trade to Washington made this squad better than what it is today, what, what it was when he was here. That's true. That's true. No, I agree. What he brought to that team, man, it, it was definitely something. It was a year um, where his leadership, and it always shows with these underdog-type squads, you know, these teams that you don't really expect a lot from. And, yeah, they don't maybe get a whole lot, but they get way farther than they would have. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely with you on that. But, um, all right, we've gone a good stretch here of a show, especially for us recording when we are where it's later on my end and even later on Carthens end. So, yeah, Wizards fans, like, Carthen giving people what they want at a significant cost to his sleep, but he's here. I'm messing, y'all. But listen, <laughs> we got a string of games coming up ahead of here. Uh, we'll have a show between that time before all these games are over. But just kind of looking out, uh, the, the Wizards play the Thunder on Friday. The Pelicans without Zion Williamson, who's out for three weeks with that hamstring strain, well, going to be reevaluating three weeks, rather. They play them on Monday. Then the Bulls come into town on Wednesday. This is the 11th of January. And to close out the week, the Knicks will come into town on Friday. So I'm just going to ask you, Carthen, as we kind of head out here, what game are you most looking forward to and why? Uh, I would say I'm most looking forward out of those four games would be the, hmm, that's a good question. I guess I would have to say the Chicago game would be the one that I'm most looking forward to because they have had really good games with them this year. The Pelicans, uh, that's going to be interesting, especially without having Zion. That That might be a pretty good game. The Thunder, it's really going to depend on what Thunder show up. Because uh, if the Thunder team that showed up when we played them earlier this year and we lost that close game to them, if that team shows up, we might have a good shot at beating them. But if the Thunder team that played Boston the other night show up, <laughs> mm-hmm. man, oh, man, that is going to be a bad day. So that that's going to be an interesting game, and it's in Oklahoma City. So they're going to have their home crowd behind them. The Wizards are going to have to jump on them early. If they want to have any chance of winning this game, they're going to have to jump on them early. But I, I think the Chicago game is the one that I'm most forward, uh, the one that I'm looking forward to the most. Okay. I like that. I think it's solid. I'm with you on that. Um, I think Chicago's going to be interesting as well just because they've had – a really um a really interesting type of year so far. I mean they just beat a Brooklyn Nets team with the Durant scoring forty four. Um after having debacles of games uh both against the Cavs giving up those seventy one to Donovan Mitchell, which by the way, seventy one, great scoring. I talked about this in Ramble Ramble, but like <laughs> he had a couple threes, it was no rim protection like it wasn't hard for him. It wasn't like it was over some tough defense. Let's be very real here. Um, and then they, uh, 
He didn't drop 71 with 1980 or 1990s type defense. There, that, there you go, Carthen. He definitely had 2022 defense up there. Uh, even, no, 2020 defense. Because remember, in the bubble, everybody getting those 50-point games. That's kind of defense he had there. because uh, it's, it's like all-star game type defense out there exactly, right now. Exactly. And so that was that was rough. That was it. That was rough. I'm again credit seventy one points is seventy one points regardless. You know he had a tough put back to, to to put it overtime to begin with. Like no disrespect, absolutely to Donovan Mitchell for that. I'm just trying to say Chicago Bulls also deserve some blame because their defense really sucked. But yeah. um yeah, no, it's gonna be interesting to see how they bounce back. Uh, I mean, not bounce back because they've had a game like I said they withstood a Durant forty four and just won against the Nets who have been scorching hot this past month. So I want to see how they match against the Wizards, having been as up and down as they've been, and the Wizards kind of doing a similar path, although they've been a lot more successful. I think the second game I would look to is um, the Pelicans. Pelicans still a scrappy team. The Wizards could definitely come out, you know, play down to the level of their competition or think that they are, not realize that the Pelicans, even without Zion, even without Brandon Ingram, were still a scrappy team led by CJ McCollum, and they got a good win uh, last, or last night as well. Um, but led behind CJ McCollum and a lot of good young guys that got there. So both those matchups are going to be interesting to see how they play. Um, Jonas Valanciunas and Christoph Porzingis, the front line there, you know, I want to see how they match up. So those two are two matchups I'm looking forward to for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be fun, man. But listen, you know, we have gone, gone late here on a good day. But listen, it was a well-deserved show, good conversation, and we needed it. We were, like I said, it's been a little bit of a minute. It won't be this long before we get our next show. We can promise you that for sure. Um, Cartha, man, let the people know where they can find you, your work. Uh, it'll be here from us a couple of days anyway, but let them know. You can find me the most at Carthen NBA on Twitter. I also post a lot on the Ethos Wizards um, Twitter uh, Twitter page. You can also find me on Instagram at Carthen NBA. I'm gonna start being putting out some content on there as well. That's some, one of my new adventures that I'm looking into uh, to trying to do. So definitely, you can follow me there. Look for some content coming from me very soon on the Instagram. There it is. Make sure to do that absolutely because Carthen knows the stuff. He's trying to put more work out there. Good follow. If you follow him on, if you're on him with on Discord, you won't stop talking Wizards propaganda. But other than that, he's pretty cool. So <laughs> definitely make sure to check that out there. <laughs> uh, as for me, y'all, you can find me on Twitter, on Facebook, same thing at Corbin MBA. If you are so inclined, uh, we talk ball. It's basically what it's about over there. Uh, different pods, all sorts of stuff. But that's what I'm about. That's where you can find me. Definitely appreciate it. Check out Round Ball Ramble wherever you get your podcast. Got Carthen on there real soon. We got to talk Wizards trade guide, trade deadline. Got to go into that. Some ideas. So that's going to be a show we have coming up here as well. But listen, for Carthen, for myself, we are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty. And as always, keep